1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up show. Game Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Friday, October the 22nd, 2021. Today's show, I lock in my official predictions. The Gamecocks head to College Station, Texas, looking for their first ever win over the Texas A&M Aggies. Guys, I'll break down the game, lock in my prediction. We have got a packed show here on a Friday, and it's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention on the companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. Not a trucking company. They're a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-op. The movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is invested in your success. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they also offer black glove service. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging of special items, and cleaning services as well. They're founded by Greenville natives and University of South Carolina alumni, guys, so a Gamecock owned small business. They also offer 20 years of project management moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether in the upstate or across the state of South Carolina, if you have any moving needs in 2021, be sure to check out our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media at Upstate Movers group, of course. If you have any other questions, go to their website, upstate group.com That's upstate movers group.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. Boys and girls, happy Friday, TGIF. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris filtris the Spurs Up show, as always. Appreciate you all tuning in, guys. We have got a packed show because, of course, it is a prediction Friday. Folks, just six more weeks remain in the 2021 college football season. Just five more contests. For the game and of course i'm gonna lock in my prediction i'm gonna talk about the game i think many of you know if you've been paying attention my overall thoughts and feelings and emotions going into this one however no matter if usc wins by 50 or loses by 50 let's all keep in perspective just how lucky we are that we get to sit down tomorrow night and watch our game cocks take the field. Don't take it for granted. Have perspective. We're lucky to have college football. We're lucky to have fans in the seats. And again, I feel fortunate and blessed to be able to chat with you here on this Friday and talk about our beloved Gamecocks as Southland again goes on the road to College Station looking for their first ever win over Texas and And also, guys, looking for back-to-back SEC wins in this 2021 season and certainly a win that I think would be a hang your hat type of victory for Gamecocks head coach. But either way, guys, appreciate you all today. again. Thank you all so much again. Thank God it is Friday. And again, I hope this show does find you well, no matter where you are, what you're doing, whether you're on the commute, you're in the office, you're on the job, you've got the day off. Maybe you're in class, whatever it is. Hey, maybe you're on the way to College Station. And if you are, guys, safe travels. Hope you have a fantastic time. And I hope you bring the dub back home With you. But again, guys, thank you all so much again for the continued love and support. Been another fantastic week with the podcast, the Daily Crow, all of the content. We've been rocking, we've been rolling. And again, really excited to chat with you all here on this friday first things first one last reminder guys if you are not going to college station and you need somewhere to watch the game especially if you're an upstate gamecock we will be at the carolina alehouse location in downtown greenville south carolina guys the doors open at 11 kickoff of course is at 7 30 yours truly depending on get there about 5 or 5 30 or so would love to see the upstate gamecocks out there guys i know we're partnering up again with the Greenville Gamecock Club. Expecting a great turnout. Should be a really, really good time. We'll have swag to give away. I've got stickers. I know Carolina Alehouse will have, uh, they'll have towels and and koozies and all types of stuff as well. So again, guys, would love to have you out there. Downtown Greenville, like I said, gonna get out there on five or 5.30, kickoff at 7.30. We were out there for the East Carolina game earlier this season, and we had an absolute blast so it was a no-brainer to get back up there getting really excited to party with a bunch of upstate gamecocks so again be sure to check us out especially if you're in the upstate and let's paint downtown greenville garnet why not let's pull the boys through so again we'd love to have you guys out there Um, carolina alehouse in downtown greenville south carolina all right guys let's go ahead without further ado Let's dive into it. South to travel to College Station, Texas, to take on Jimbo Fisher's Texas A&M Aggies. Can Zeb Noland lead the Gamecocks to an improbable victory over A&M? And first, guys, I want to start with the spread, by the way, because I know I gave my best bet for this one a couple of days ago. And the Gamecocks, and we locked in, I locked in Aggies minus 21, right? So I spoiled my pick a bit on Wednesday. But get this there are actually people that are throwing money on South Carolina because since Wednesday, that line has dropped. The Gamecocks now sit as just a 19-point underdog, over-under set at 45. So again, those, there are folks out there who believe that South Carolina will give A&M a more competitive game than what Vegas maybe originally had thought. There's no being around the bush for me, guys. I, I've been telling you this all week long, and I even posted something about it on social media on Thursday afternoon. I do not have a lot of hope and optimism going in this football game. Again, the opportunity is there, right? You're going on the road. It's at night. I know and we've seen the Gamecocks the last couple of years. You know, win a game they probably shouldn't or win a game they were a big underdog. game. you know, you think of a couple of years ago when the Gamecocks went on the road to Georgia and took down the dogs in Athens. You think of last year when South Gonna beat the Auburn Tigers at home. It seems like there's always that one game. That the Gamecocks are able to hang their hat on it, sort of a game where they sort of show up and, and and play their best football and get a really really big win. And certainly for Shane Beamer in his first season, this would be a monumental win for him. And then go into the bye week at five and three, because again, guys, I had you predicted at what five and uh or yeah, I had you predict at this point at five and three. Yes, five and three. Your first your first eight games. So that's where I actually had you. So to be right on pace with what I predicted would be incredible for Shane Beamer going into the bye week with momentum. Then you've got, of course, Florida, Mizzou, Auburn, and Clemson. You have that opportunity to get that sixth win and get to bowl eligibility in Shane Beamer's first season, which I think would be a wildly successful first season for Shane Beamer, all things considered. Now, I talked about this game, guys, over the summer. And this matchup, when we did our opponent preview series, and the struggles that South Gun has had against Texas A&M, and just why that is, because it feels like year after year after year, the matchup is not good for the Gamecocks, especially the last two seasons in which you've you've lost by a combined score of seventy-eight to nine. That has been the last two years for Gamecocks. Well, the last time the Gamecocks went to College Station, thirty to six was the final score in that football game. So it has been really tough sledding against Texas A&M, all starting, of course, in 2014. Yours truly, I was actually at that game in Williams-Brice Stadium when, when Kenny Hill turned into Kenny Trill, and, and uh, that was really the beginning of the end for the Steve Spurrier era and the, the impressive run of Cox football from 2010 to 2013. But looking at this game, you know, South Carolina, of course, coming off that win over Vanderbilt, a game that you really cheated death, as I've said all week. Zeb Nolan inserting himself late in the game and winning that game on the final drive. We now know he will be your starting quarterback for the rest of this 2021 football season as Luke Doty is out getting surgery on his foot. Can Zeb Nolan bring any type of spark to this Carolina offense? Because, guys, at this point, going into the eighth game of the season, the eighth week, You know, can South Carolina still make improvements? Can they still show progression? Absolutely, they can. But at some point, you are who you are. You know, at some point in a relationship with a person, they show you their true colors, right? It's your responsibility to believe them, right? It's your responsibility for when people show you who they really are to believe them, right? And I'm to the point now with this Gamecocks football team, I feel like this group has shown us who they are they have shown us who they are at this point it's our job to accept the reality keep expectations realistic keep things in perspective and believe this game cox football team for who they really are i've given you the benefit of the doubt the last 2 weeks i think that's why i'm so hesitant too to get my expectations and my hopes you know really high for this football football game because i made a bad pick 2 weeks ago I thought that South kind of coming off that Troy game, and I thought maybe they're going to turn a corner. You can take some positives from beating Troy the way you did, whatever. And I thought, you know what? Tennessee, not very good. This Gamecocks football team, I wanted to believe they were getting better. I picked South going to win. Stupid pick. Stupid pick. And I've owned that since I made that pick. Stupid pick for sure. A week ago, I sat here, these same very airwaves, and told you all the Gamecocks would dominate. Vanderbilt and win by 21 points. Another stupid pick, or what turned out to be a stupid pick for sure. So my optimism level in regards to Gamecocks football and and going out on a limb and picking this team to maybe be something they're not, uh, I'm a little bit back in the show me mode side of things. You know what I mean? I'm back in show me mode with this football team. I think there are nice pieces on this team. I love Shane Beamer and what he's building and what he's doing, but there are obvious holes. There are obvious deficiencies. There are obvious problems with this team, and this team has shown you to this point who they are. They've shown you who they are, okay? Now, with that being said, let's not act like Texas A&M is this perfect football team because before a couple of weeks ago, before the Aggies shocked the college football world and beat Alabama, they were very flawed played Colorado very close, lost to Arkansas, lost to Mississippi State on their home field, by the way. So this is an A&M team that is beatable. Let me make that very, very clear. A&M is not on the same level as a Georgia. I don't put them in that category with the Dogs. A&M is beatable. However, I look at this game. Zeb Nolan taking over under center. And I know the Zeb Nolan hysteria is through the roof right now, and many fans think or want to believe or want to think that he's going to be the savior of this offense, and the offense is going to look like this or that or whatever, you know, under his leadership and the downfield passing game and, you know, what South is going to be able to do. And I mentioned on the show yesterday, by the way, that the offense is going to be very one-dimensional under Zeb Nolan. And I want to make something very clear, too, because somebody brought this point up. Uh, The offense has been one-dimensional all season because if you can't run the football, right, I mean, the offense is going to be one-dimensional. There's no question. But who is the quarterback who gave you the best opportunity to work out of a one-dimensional offense, a guy that probably can scramble and make things happen? And, of course, we didn't see that really with Doty because of his injury and dealing with his foot. But you're going to see even less of that with a Zeb Nolan. Your only chance offensively, because, listen, guys, again, we're going into Week 8. The Gamecocks can't run the football. That's a given at this point. They can't run the football. So forget it. Scrap it. It'll be another 3.5 yards per carry type of game. You know what? To hell with them. To hell with the offensive line. To hell with the running backs. Y'all ain't doing shit for us no way. Call it for what it is. Call a spade a spade. Underachieving group. That's what they are. I don't give a damn if it's scheme. I don't give a damn what it is. But that entire group has underachieved. So to hell with them. We got to pass the football. We're going to have to throw it. Your only hope offensively is that Marcus Satterfield and Shane Beamer and this offensive staff can devise some sort of fantastic game plan pushing the football down the field. And really, guys, as a three-touchdown underdog, what do you have to lose? Go deep. Find Josh Van. For the love of God, please get the football in Jaheim Bell's hands. Find Nick Muse. Find EJ Jenkins. Find Xavier Leggett. Find your weapons, the limited weapons that you have. You don't have that many but try to find them. I understand you're going to have to sprinkle the running every now and then. I know I was just harsh in what I said about the running game, but it's frustrating for me. It's frustrating the Gamecocks can't run the football. Because, again, I, I know we all want to we want to finger point at Marcus Satterfield and these coaches because they're making X amount of dollars, and they're the coaches, and it falls on them. And I'm not saying it doesn't because it does. But coaches coach and players play. And South Carolina's offensive line has done a dog shit job all season. Let's hold some players accountable as well. Let's hold the running backs accountable. You know, we heard all preseason long, hey, this is a group they're they're being slept on. They're underrated. They're underrated. Hell, I'm going to argue with you. They're overrated. Kevin Harris is a shell of himself compared to last year. Is is it really the back procedure that's bothering him that much? Marshawn Lloyd, former five-star prospect, do what? I'm not seeing that. He can't get out of his own way. He can't hold on the football. Guy wants to dance every time he gets the line of scrimmage. What's happened to him? I mean, heck, your two best running backs are JaQuandre White and Juju McDowell. And hell, I don't know if Juju McDowell is going to do what he needs to do to not be suspended. So the running game, I mean, it's, it's, it, it pisses me off to even talk Gamecocks running game. It pisses me off because it should be so much better than it is. And again, you can talk Scheme. You can talk Satterfield. You can talk Atkins. Hey, Montario Hardesty, everybody in that building should share blame for this. But damn it, will the South gonna offensive line finally be something they ha- they're not and do something they haven't done all season and shut up and block somebody? Because the Gamecocks have no chance. Guys, it's very simple. Again, I'll keep pounding this in your head week after week after week. I said it all preseason. You can't block. If you can't run, you're not going to win. I like Josh Van a lot, man. I like Jaheim Bell a lot. But this is not a football team built to win throwing it 40 or 50 times a game but at this point you don't have a choice because you know you can't run it you know you can't run it and i saw a couple of comments you saying, well the, the running game looked better it's looked better the last couple weeks on what planet did the running game look good against vandy to you another 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 ho-hum 3.5 yard per carry game hell you've got kevin harris dealing with an ankle now you've got uh i think Marshawn's dealing with an ankle You got an ankle here, an ankle there. The injury bug's hitting us once again. So who knows what the running back room's going to look like. I I doubt they'll all be ready to go. Highly doubt it. And then you move the defensive side. And by the way, offensively, I expect Zeb Nolan to give you a solid game. He's a veteran dude. Um, Has he ever played in an environment like the one he's going to be in? I don't know. But he is a veteran dude. I'm keeping the expectations. Very realistic with Zeb Nolan, guys. Again, I like Zeb. I like Zeb. Hey, we're indebted to Zeb because Zeb's the one that beat East Carolina and Zeb's the one that came in and beat Vanderbilt. And God forbid, if you'd have lost those two games, if you think shit's bad now, who boy, it would be really ugly in Gamecock circles if he didn't win those two games. But I think fans do need to take a dose of reality and understand, again, we're talking about a guy in Zeb Nolan that. He was so confident in his abilities as a football player. He came to South Carolina, guys, with eligibility remaining. He came here and hung up the cleats. He hung up the cleats. So if you're expecting Zeb Nolan to go out there tomorrow night and throw for 300 or 400 yards, I think you need to temper the expectations just a little bit. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Can he simply be the field general that we've seen previously? not put the ball in harm's way. And I'm not saying he's got to go win the game. He just can't lose it. He just cannot lose it for us. Okay. Now on the other side, defensively, you know, you're, and by the way, let's, before we get off offense again, mention the A&M defense, the Marvin Leal. They've got some really good playmakers on that side of the football. A&M is no slouch. As again, a has talent all over the field, offensively, defensively, special teams everywhere. Okay. Everywhere. DeMarvin Leo will certainly be one to watch for on that Aggie defensive line. He's going to be, I mean, I, I think a and going to pin their ears back and try to get after Zeb Nolan all night long because again, they know we can't run it. We're not going to be able to run it. We're going to have to pass. Zeb Nolan, again, is kind of like Colin Hill 2.0 in the sense of his skill set. He's not going to scare anybody with his legs. He's going to be a sitting duck back there if you get in third and long. This offense is not built to win in third and long. It's simply not. It's simply not. So the task will be there for the Gamecocks offensive line. Now, defensively, the big challenge is for the defensive front, okay? I like this defensive front. There are some legitimate next-level caliber players on this defensive front. But I'm going to say the same thing or something very similar that I said when the Gamecocks took on Kentucky. You know, people love to throw the word elite around when talking about this Gamecocks defensive line. And there are some really good football players. I mean, J.J. Nibari is a first round, right? I like Jabari Ellis's game. Zach Pickens is really coming to his own. Um, you know, Tonka Hemingway. Jordan Strawn's coming in his own as well. But for whatever reason, the Gamecocks still can't stop the run. And, and if you're an elite defensive line, right, you've got to be able to stop the run better than you have, right? You You, you just have to. Isaiah Spiller, that running game on the A&M side, they got a big physical offensive line. You got to take something away from the Aggies. And they haven't thrown the ball well at all the last couple of games. I think they're averaging like 160 yards per game outside of the Alabama game. The Alabama game was their one real big game. Outside of that, been very average. Been very average. But I fear if A&M can get the running game going, I just I think it's going to be a long night for the Game Cox defense if that is the case. In a game like this, if you're going to pull the upset or even have the opportunity to pull the upset, you need your best players to play their best games. And your best players on defense are on the defensive front. Those guys have got to go crazy in this ball game. Anaya Smith, I got to watch from the outside for Texas, ain't m Jalen Foster, they're going to need to have their best nights. Cam Smith, you know, I I worry about the secondary because we saw it against Tennessee and how exposed you were. Vandy hit some big plays. You know, you got to think that Texas A&M, you know, is is going to be able to hurt you in the passing game as well. Long story short, guys, is this. As I've told you all week long, and I'll reiterate the point here on a Friday, You know, I I normally do, I feel like at least personally, I do a fairly good job. And I want to say this. Hey, crazy things can happen. College football, that's the beauty of it. It's not played in a casino. It's not played on paper. It's played on a field between 18 to 22-year-olds. I guess he was Zeb Nolan, 18 to 24-year-olds, 25, whatever he is. Anyways, it's played on a field amongst college athletes. And so anything can happen. Anything can happen. Okay, And so maybe if the Gamecocks can find a way to do something they haven't done all season long, which is block on the offensive line and that run game can return to form and Zeb Nolan can truly be the difference in the downfield passing game and your defensive front goes crazy and causes havoc and Jalen Foster leads a secondary to, you know, create some opportunistic turnovers and some big-time turnovers, and you're able to capitalize in the red zone and not kick field goals and score touchdowns. Maybe, just maybe, you can take the crowd out early and you can pull off the improbable upset, or at least, like I said, guys, make it a fourth-quarter game. Because once you do that, once you get to the fourth quarter and it's a one-score game, hey, at that point, all bets are off. South Carolina doesn't know it's supposed to lose at that point, right? However, everything I just mentioned, that is a hopeful scenario, and hope is not a strategy, right? I have gotten out over my skis two weeks in a row, giving this team probably more credit than they deserved two weeks in a row. Because, yes, I'm excited for what Shane Beamer is building. I believe in what Shane Beamer is building at South Carolina. And I wanted to believe, and I guess one of the most disappointing things of this season, we haven't seen maybe the progression that I expected. And there are many reasons for that, by the way, guys. You know, Luke Doty's injury and injuries here and there. and I mean, it all comes back to the offense, right? I think Luke Doty's injury has really just thrown a wrench in everything. The offensive line underperforming. You know, there are different issues, different reasons, questionable play calling, right? So th- th- there are issues with this football team, no question, right? There have been issues with this football team. And I-, I just look at this game. I look at this game. Hope is not a strategy. You know, crazier things have happened in college football, but I don't have a lot of hope going this football game. And like I said, guys, I've given you more credit than you probably deserve the last two weeks, when I made a bad pick for the Gamecocks to beat Tennessee. And I said, you know what? Hey, bad day for you. Tennessee had a great day. Vanderbilt's no good. The Gamecocks will return to form. And sure enough, the Gamecocks did exactly what I probably should have expected they would do. You know, messed around with their opponent, played sloppy, stupid football, four turnovers, 10 penalties. And again, guys, We've been saying all season, man, you got to cut out the penalties. You got to cut the penalties. You, you know, and I, I love hearing Gamecock fans say this, too. This is, this is something I hear a lot. It's like, man, if we could just stop doing this, if we just didn't turn the ball over, if we just didn't commit these penalties, we would have won that game. If, 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 if. And, guys, while that might be true, that's not how sports works. And like I told you, it's your job when someone or something – or some entity shows you who it is; it shows you its true colors. It's your responsibility to believe them when they show you. And unfortunately, guys, at this point, what Gamecocks football has shown me—and I think there's a lot of hope left in this season. I think you could finish five and seven. God forbid, maybe six and six. But in the even in the preseason, when I assumed there'd be a healthy Luke Doty, and I, you know, I really thought you'd be an improved football team at this point. I didn't have hope for this game in the preseason. You're 0-7 against A&M. It's always been a bad matchup. They've absolutely obliterated you the last two times you played them. And I don't understand or see what is going to change going in this game tomorrow night. I just just don't see it. I don't see it. I think A&M, even without their starting quarterback, I think A&M, top to bottom, is a better football team than you. I don't see one position the Gamecocks have the advantage of. Not a single one. And it's at night in College Station. Maybe, just maybe if Zeb Nolan, like I said, can push the ball down the field and your defense can create opportunistic turnovers and if you can win the turnover battle and maybe Beamer Ball shows its face again, maybe you can make something weird happen. But like I said, guys, when you, and I've said this before, when you make predictions, you've got to make predictions off known commodities. I'm not in the business of making predictions off of hope and that's where I got messed up a few weeks ago in Tennessee that's where I got messed up in Knoxville predicting things off of hope I hope this happens right and wanted to make that bold prediction I'm not doing that again fool me once shame on me or shame on you fool me twice shame on me you're not gonna fool me again this team is who it is and I don't know if Texas A&M is quite the team that beat Alabama I don't think they are but they're a lot better than South Carolina and Texas A&M doesn't have to be the team that beat Alabama because they are much, much better than the Gamecocks right now. The Gamecocks have a slew of issues. The offense will be one-dimensional. I think Zeb Nolan will return back to earth. I think Gamecock fans, and I, and, I, and I really hope and pray for Zeb's sake that he has a good game, because what's funny about Gamecock fans, and these are just really college ball fans in general, you know, fans clamored for Zeb Nolan for the past six weeks, just slamming and berating Luke Doty. And now fans have gotten it right. We 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 got it. We got Zeb Nolan, Colonel Zeb, leading the way. But God forbid, you know it as well as I do. Zeb Nolan goes out there, has a crappy first quarter, crappy first half, throws a couple of picks. Hell hath no scorn like a like a like a uh, an upset gamecock fan, and they will start clamoring for Jason Brown and or Colton Gothier, and you know it's true. Again, I think with that being said, you won't be able to run the football. You've shown that all season. You'll run it for 3.5 yards per carry or less, just like you've done all year. Uh, You know, I I think you might have some success in a passing game. If if you have any success, that's where it's going to be. Zeb Nolan, though, I think will show why he was a graduate assistant and why he hung up the cleats. Again, I like Zeb. That's no knock on Zeb. I hate this matchup all the way around, guys. I hated it in the preseason. I hate it now. Defensively, I think your defense will fight, fight, fight as much as they can, but a balanced attack with Isaiah Spiller in the ground game and that big physical offensive line, and you haven't shown you can really stop the run with any consistency, and I think Calzada, who is a pretty damn good quarterback, Anaya Smith on the outside, Jalen Watermeyer, that fantastic tight end for them. I just think it's a bad matchup across the board, guys. Like I said, I've got no hope in this one. My best bet was aggies minus 21 with the line at aggies minus 19 i'd hammer it even harder hit it even harder texas a&m will get this w They're head and shoulders the better football team than you and again i'm back in show me mode this team is what it is it's a four and eight or five and seven football team maybe i'll be proven wrong but uh you got too many issues to go on the road and beat a really good texas a&m team so again give me aggies 34 gamecocks 10 in this football game. And it's okay, guys. You know what? You're just not a very good football team right now. You're not a smart football team. You're not a disciplined football team. You're not a high flying offense. You know, you've got a pretty solid defense. You got a pretty solid defense. Give credit where credit's due. Your special teams are good, but uh, nah, you just got a really piss poor offense and, you know, you lack discipline and you're going to, you know, this, this team has just shown you at this point, guys, they're, you know, especially on the road in a hostile environment, they're going to do stupid things. They're going to commit stupid penalties. They're going to turn the football over. And, and that's the only thing I'm really asking for, man, tomorrow. That, that's the only thing I want to see. Make Texas A&M go win the game. Just just, just do that. I, I don't care if you lose by 20, by 30, by 40. But make A&M beat you because they're plenty good enough to beat you without you handing the game to them. Okay? They're plenty good enough to beat you. So let, let's just see if South Carolina can play a clean football game a fundamentally sound football game but unfortunately guys all of the evidence we have shows that that will not be the case so again i'm not getting my hopes up for it i'm not setting improper expectations uh texas a&m rolls gamecocks just aren't ready to win a game like this yet i've got the aggies getting the dub like i said texas a&m 34 south carolina 10. So again, guys, that is my prediction. Would love to hear from you. Leave your predictions, your thoughts, your comments, uh, everything else in the comments below. Shoot us a DM, whatever it might be. Again, would love to hear from you to how you think the Gamecocks will fare tomorrow night in college station. But again, guys, Hey, that's going to do it all for me. Appreciate you all tuning in. Like I said, come out to Carolina Ale House in downtown Greenville. Doors open at 11. Kickoff at 7.30. We'll be out there on 5 or 5.30. Tell them you're with TSUS, by the way, for 10% off your entire food and drink purchase. Guys, again, thank you all so much. If you're heading to College Station, safe travels. Bring home the W. Um, Hey, and let's see. You never know. College football's crazy. You never know. Maybe the Gamecocks can do something weird and pull off a huge upset, and we can all go, go into the bye week. Going to the bye week uh, with big smiles on our faces. But either way, guys, thank you all so much. Another successful week in the books with the podcast, the Daily Crow, the content. Thank you guys so much for continuing to rock and roll with everything we do. And with that being said, go Cox, beat Texas A&M, and we'll talk to you on Monday.